Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Titzaveh. Parshas Titzaveh contains, according to the Chinuch, seven mitzvos, four positive and three restrictions. You have in Parshas Titzaveh a long chapter regarding the Big Day Kahuna that the vestments the special garments that the Kohen wore. A regular Kohen wore four garments, and a Kohen Gadol wore eight garments. The additional four containing gold, big day Zahav. Then the Torah provides us with the process of inauguration, the Karbanos that the had to be brought for the seven days of inauguration of the Kohanim. And finally, the Parsha concludes with the last of the Kalim necessary for the Mishkan, and that is the Mizbah Miktar Ketores, the golden altar which contained uh, which was made of gold and on which the Kohen offered incense, ketores both in the morning and in the evening I'd like to focus on the very first verse of the Parsha which deals with the lighting of the oil, not the mitzvah to light the menorah, that comes in parshas Baloscha, but the oil that is to be used for the lighting of the menorah, the Torah says that it is to be they are to bring to Moshe for him to supervise and instruct what oil is fit for the lighting of the menorah, it has to be shemen zayis zach. It has to be pure, pressed olive oil, lamor, for the purpose of lighting the menorah. And our rabbis describe, and Rashi brings, how pure the oil has to be, that it has to be, number one, the olive has to be pressed rather than crushed. Why? Because this oil had to be absolutely pure without any olive particles or sediment. Now, even though these impurities could be filtered out later on, the Pasuk is teaching us that the oil had to be absolutely pure from the start and therefore the oil was made by pressing each olive gently until only one drop of pure oil emerged and afterwards the the olives could be crushed and the remaining oil used for meal offerings now this is nothing less then incredible. Oil was used for lighting the menorah, 
oil was also used as part of the Korban Mincha. In the very beginning of Vayikra, the Torah in chapter 1 tells us the procedure for offering of Korbanos, be it firstly from Bakar, cattle, and then the Torah goes on that if one's offering Korban is from the sheep or from the goats, then it goes to if one's offering is from the birds. That's the end of chapter 1. Chapter 2, the Torah says, V'nefesh, a poor individual who cannot afford even a bird, the Torah says, you too can bring a karban, and it's introduced by the word v'nefesh, and a soul. It's looked upon, says Rashi, that your giving of flour, oil, and the spice, frankincense, your bringing this karban is as beloved to God as someone that brought a large animal. Okay, so what's happening? This mixture of flour, oil, and spice is eaten by the Kohanim on duty at that time. This is called a Korban Mincha. Now, if I were to ask anybody, if I have a choice, what kind of oil should I use for illumination? And what kind of oil would I use for consumption, for eating? I think most of us would have agreed that that which is going to be eaten by the Kohen, that should be of the highest order. And that which is used for illumination could be even of second quality. And the Torah is teaching us very powerfully in the Gemara Menachos. The Torah teaches that it is just the opposite. When it comes to the lighting of the menorah, that has to be most pure. And the oil for even the carbon could be of a secondary nature. Now we know that so much of the Mishkan is there to teach us lessons. Lessons not only for that which occurred over 3,000 years ago when the Mishkan was constructed, but literally every day lessons that are so important for our understanding and living life. So the Talmud in Menachos teaches that it is to be kosis lamaor and not kosis for the mincha. This is in Menachos peivav amaralev. And what is this based on? It's based on the idea that the menorah represents Torah and the Shulchan, the table which contained the 12 loaves of 
the lechem, haponim, the menorah represents Torah, and the shulchan represents Ashiras, wealth. The Gemara in Bavabasra 25b teaches in the name of Rabbi Yitzchak in terms of where to face when, what direction, when one is davening Shmona Esrei. And Rabbi Yitzchak teaches, Harotza Sheyachkim, one who wishes to become knowledgeable, should face Yadrim, the south, when he prays. Why? Because the menorah was in the south. One who wishes to become wealthy should face the north because the shulchan in the Kodesh was facing north. The idea behind this law that the menorah had to be lit with the purest of oil was here to teach us that when it comes to Torah, Torah is to be regarded as our most pure commodity and therefore the Ma'or of Torah, the light of Torah, had to be nothing less than a hundred percent perfect while the oil that was being used and consumed by the Kohen that can be of a lesser quality. The very important lesson that the Torah is teaching us is that when it comes to the values that the Jew has to have, he has to make sure that his value system is correct and Torah is as that beautiful expression goes, the besta schora. Rav Simon Shlita, in his Sefer, Imre Baruch, brings a beautiful chida. And the chida, in his Sefer, Lev David, chapter 25, on the following verse, teaches a perspective of life. In Devarim, Chapter 4, Pasuk Lamites, the Torah teaches, Viodata Hayom, you shall know today, Vashivosa El Levovecha, take to heart most seriously, Kashem Hu Elohim, God is the one and only, Vashamayim Mimaal, in the heaven from on high, Vialo Oretz, and on the earth, Mitachas. From below, Ain Od, there's none other. The Chidah says beautifully, Bashamayim, when it comes to areas of Ruchnius, spirituality, Mima'al, you should always look to those who are higher than you. Always aspire to more. Always want more Torah and more Avoda, more Gemilus Chasodim wanting more in the realm of spirituality. That is mima'al, <coughs> upward. However, when it comes to the land, 
when it comes to materialism, physicality, there, Alaores mitachas, look who is below you. Look who lives a more humble lifestyle. Look who prioritizes better, and that's the way you should live your life. This forthcoming week is Purim Katan on the 14th and 15th of Adorisho. We don't fast, we don't eulogize, there's simcha in these two days, and therefore the famous teaching and the verse that we recite every Motsoe Shabbos in conjunction with Havdalah, La Yehudim, the Jewish people, had Ora, light, Simcha, joy, Sason, happiness, and Yukar, honor. Rav Yehuda teaches in the Gemara, Megillah 16b, what does it mean they had light? It means that they had Torah. And what does it mean that they had Simcha, happiness? This is Yom Tov. What does it mean they had Sason, right, gladness? This is Mila, circumcision, and Yokar, honor and glory. This is Tefillin. And what is the idea behind this? That Haman HaRasha, unfortunately, forbade the Jews from studying Torah, from observing Yom Tov, from observing Mila, and from having the glory of Tefillin. Now that the um, decree of Haman was cancelled, we had those four ingredients again. So the obvious question that can be asked is, why say, if it means that Ora is Torah, why not say the Jewish people had Torah and they had Yom Tov and circumcision and tefillin? And the answer is that no. Oftentimes, when a person has something, they don't appreciate. It's only when they don't have it, ah, then they appreciate it. So now they realize how much is Torah. The Torah is aura. Torah is light. When a person is in the dark, it means they don't have direction. They don't have purpose of life. Torah gives us just that, focus, perspective on life. And therefore, what emerges is that we have to learn that just as the opening verse of Parshas Tetzaveh teaches how the menorah was to be lit with pure oil, it's to teach us that we have to prioritize in what we do. So Baruch Hashem, the many, many families that work hard to pay yeshiva tuition and as a result of that forego many luxuries of life, this is literally fulfilling the first verse of that which we find in the parsha, that is Shemen Zayis Zach, that we don't cut any corners for the preserving and studying of Torah. And finally, when it comes to the acquisition of mitzvot, once again, the money that we spend on a beautiful pair of tefillin 
tefillin that Amahudar teaches the young bar mitzvah boy that this is a priority, a fulfillment of Shemin Zayis Zach. I pray that we don't try to understand the first verse of the parsha as only a requirement for the lighting of the menorah, which we had and will have, but most important, teaching us how to live each and every day. Torah, the best is Shabbat Shalom to all.